I want to preface my remarks with a story that is relevant, I think, to, these, to this um, homily. When I uh, was promoted to a law, promoted is a funny word, to being a lost luggage supervisor, um, I quickly learned a lot about humanity that I'd never known before, okay? You've heard a lot of good, um, funny stories about it, but you know, in reality, it wasn't very funny to the people at the time. It, you know, I just had a wedding, and I was kidding that it, when something goes wrong, like I almost stepped on the bride's train on the way out today. I don't know what would have happened if it came off. Yeah, I know, but nothing. Those are the funny stories, but they're not funny at the time. People would come up. I was very proud of the company I worked for. Uh, it was one of the best run in the country. It was a, in those days. It was a premium product, and uh, it was make it was the best run airline in the business. We were all proud of. of it was hard to get that job, and we were very proud of it. And the company didn't always treat us well, I'll be honest with you. Uh, you know, it was company first, employee second. And, uh, but in spite of that, we did our best. And when I wore that uniform, and people were aggrieved by that company, um, I had a responsibility. I, I, I When somebody would come up to me with their lost luggage, I was American Airlines, okay? And uh, we would have... Where the rubber hit the road would be like Christmas Eve when we ruined somebody's Christmas. That's when it was, you know, your bag comes in tomorrow. That's not such a big deal, right? Uh, we lose something very important. I remember we had uh, a very important movie star who very foolishly put their stuff in a very expensive bag with their stage name on it. This person had a real name, which I found out when I did the record, and a, and a stage name. And it's never smart to travel with a really expensive bag, guys. And what happened was, it was a pilferage. It was an inside job. I, I, I could not tell the passenger this. The person had 14 very expensive cashmere sweaters, and not a one of them came in. Now, we had a sting. It was... Uh, they put a camera in the middle of a belly of a 747 and found 40 baggage agents were pilfering. They made $80,000 a year in 1980 and 1986. Wasn't enough money. Got, got prosecuted and put in jail. This man was caught up in this. And I had to uh, represent the company. I have never lost a piece of lost luggage myself. I mean, I never did this to them. And I, 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 I prefaced my remarks with this because I find myself back in the lost luggage department here. I'm wearing another uniform, and our, and our church has hurt a lot of people, and I want to talk about that. I wasn't going to, but I had a nice conversation with Bishop Smith, who's a good friend of mine. We went together to Rome in 2010 before he was Bishop Smith. And uh, also, we both had been in a, in a charismatic community like he still is, so I, I really understand where he's coming from, and we both appreciate each other. And he told me that he, being a bishop, he was very offended by what's happened and is dedicated to getting a new power structure in in this country, which for our bishops, I think we need this. And what he, what, I'll tell you what he said to me that really, I said, I'm, I was convicted. I said, I've got to share. I don't have the right answers tonight. I just want to share with you my, my thoughts, so please be with me, bear with me. He, he said, you know, Pope Francis basically had said the death penalty is not applicable for Catholics. Now, this is going to cause a big debate. This is not my sermon about that subject. And then he said, I'm very sorry that Pope Francis did this 
because there's a couple of bishops and priests that I want to be that that to be applied to right now. Hmm? How about that? Um, I think that uh, I had a scripture written out. I thought the wedding was at one and it was at two, so I'm sitting here reading and reading. And I I thought I was going to, the scripture's in in the sacristy, but I can tell you what it is. Jesus said, and you all know this, be careful that you don't mislead or hurt one of my little ones. It's not just children, but anybody that's misled by false teachings and false leaders and false shepherds in any way. But he's especially referring to anything that hurts children. And that was the day when people would leave children on doorsteps they didn't want to die in the Roman Empire. But he's saying, if you mislead one of my little ones, it would be better for you if you had a millstone put around your neck and thrown into the sea. Has anybody seen a millstone? Do you know what a millstone is? It's almost as big as my living room. That's the one the oxen would grind and turn around. Can you imagine? Almighty God said this. Do you think some of these people have ever read the scriptures? Do they know what's going to happen? Are they repentant? Now, I want to say that I'll tell you another personal story. If my sisters were living, I wouldn't dare say it, but I will tell you. I'm very angry about this because to me it's very personal. I'm not just a priest. Uh, I'm also... My, to me, I've always been a lay person that was kicked up, up in the front here. I'm still sitting in the pews I did for 40 years, okay? That's the way I think. That's the way I am. You all know me. But um, my sisters, I, I was uh, the product of my father's first of four marriages. They were married in the church, and it lasted a year. Then I ended up living with my grandparents, whom I call my mom and dad. I lived with them for the whole time I was until they died. I mean, they were my parents. My father's second marriage was my two half-sisters. The ones, the one that died six years ago, and the one that died a year ago, uh, two weeks ago, I miss them deeply, and uh, that's why I moved to Oregon. Yeah, I get teary. I'm thinking about, but they, um, they, they, very uh, unusually, my father got full custody of these two girls, and because he was working and divorced from that second one, um, he. Uh, by the way, he did get he, his marriage did click. He was married 38 years on the fourth time. So you see, four is a charm, right? The third one, I, can't, I won't even tell you about it. My, my other sister got married in 63. He, and the, and the, he was the best man and the, the maid of honor, and he got the hots and went off to Las Vegas and got married. He woke up in the morning and she was gone, and he got an annulment. So anyway, <laughs> here I am, a priest with a, with a background like that, um, but, uh, which is not funny here. My two sisters were put, during the week, they were... They were raised. They were put in, in custody of a couple because my dad couldn't raise them, and the and the father of that couple abused both of my sisters, one very badly, and it, it hurt them all their lives and it shortened their lives. That's one reason they're dead now. Okay, so I really understand this, and I'm very angry from a, from a very existential point of view. I never had it happen. I've heard it from many of you, uh, many people. It's one in five, right? Uh, in my previous parish, the chief of police said that was the greatest incest, was the greatest crime in that city, in that area. So this is not a, this is not a problem 
to the Catholic Church. I'm just sharing this with you because we're all processing. I really think we're going to have a complete renewal in the church. It's hard to live through these periods. We had one in about the 11th century when all the mendicant orders started to flourish. The, the, the church had gone to pot again, and uh, you had Catherine of Siena was coming in and got the, the pope to come back from, from uh, France, and you had St. Francis and St. Dominic and the Carmelites going around evangelizing. Many of them were brothers. They weren't ordained. The church flourished again after the, after the Protestant Reformation. We had the Counter-Reformation. Uh, St. Charles Borromeo got the seminary system going, and again the church flourished. And we find these movements. I was in the Charismatic Renewal about 40 years ago. Bishop Smith came out of that. I came out of that. It was a renewal for anybody that was involved in this. Curcio, things like this. It's going to happen again, but the church is being purified by God. He looked down from heaven and said, if you won't purify this church, I will. And he is. It's going to start with us. It's not going to finish with us. The whole world is going to be purified. He wants his church purified so that we can lead the church, lead the world. In thinking about this, the last thing I want to mention about it, again, please forgive me, but this is not a, I don't have all the answers, okay? But I think that in thinking about this, we make the mistake of thinking the church is Father Jeff and I, or the church is our archbishop, Peter Smith. I have the greatest respect for them. We're so blessed to have these two up in, in leadership here in this, in this diocese. Um, the church is not the USCCB, the, the bishops. The church is not Pope Francis. It's not Pope Benedict. It's not Pope John Paul II. I came in, I am a John Paul II priest. He, he inspired me to become a priest. And his title was Servant of the... He, he loved this title the most. Servant of the Servants of God. We are not the church. You are. We are the servants of the people. I was called out of the pews at 35 to serve the church. I was never comfortable being in front. Maybe that's why God chose me to do, be up here for the rest of my life. Um, you know, the ones that want to come up here probably shouldn't be. That's the way I think about it. But it, the church is the people. You are the Catholic church. Don't let any person pull you out of your faith or out of your church. This is your church. We're going to fight back and win against, against the evil forces around us in this world. There's so much trying to pull us away. I often wondered for many years why God chose Judas as his fourth 12th disciple. Didn't he know that Judas was stealing from the collection? He did. Didn't he know that Judas was going to betray him? He did. He gave him a chance, gave him three years. Judas sold God out for 30 pieces of silver, the stupidest man that ever lived. And probably, no doubt, in hell from what Jesus said, and probably the center of hell. And Jesus put him in there for a reason. The church has always had a Judas. Let's face it, we're human beings, not God. We're all pieces of work, work in progress, whatever you want to call it. Um, we priests have to live with this. We're both lay people in the sense that we're outraged. We're priests in the sense of lost luggage supervisors. We didn't hurt you, but our company did, and I represent the company. And so I have to take corporate responsibility for this, and that's what I'm doing. But most of us are innocent, and we're, we're you know, we do this for you, but we are the servants of, of the people. Some people are bad shepherds. Let's face it. They've got to go, and I'm glad they're going. 
I want to see the church renewed like I was hoping it would be 40 years ago when I was in the renewal. What a great grace that was for the church. It was so uplifting, and I think a lot of us are still out here working. So I'm just encouraging you to think outside the box. There is a good resource. The media are distorting this very badly. I don't want to uh, make light of what happened because many have been hurt legitimately by this, but uh, it's also being played up in a very anti-Catholic way. You might want to... um, uh, look up the um, um, Catholic League for Civil Rights on the on the internet. Bill Donahue. He's got a 12-page uh, um, another take explaining that many of what we're hearing in the news is a distortion. That there are brothers and deacons and seminarians. Many of these people are not credibly accused in, in this sort of thing. But but that's another story. But that's another way you can look at it. But please remember that you are the church and that we are part of the solution. God doesn't, we should never have our church robbed from us, never have our faith robbed from us by anything that scandalizes us. The church is Jesus Christ. He himself was betrayed, wasn't he? And uh, we are sharing some of his pain. And that's, we'll share something very great in heaven because we now understand Jesus a lot better than we did before.